Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crestview Baptist Church. Thank you for choosing to come out and worship with us this morning. We're glad to have you with us. If you're a guest or a visitor for the first time, um, there are some visitor cards in the pews. If you would fill one of those out and drop it in the brown box on the way out there, we'd love to have a record of your visit or if you've never filled one out before. A um, couple of announcements this week. Uh, don't forget about uh, our Wednesday night activities, our uh, Bible study for the adults in here, out in the youth building. Uh, the kids and the youth, we're all out there in the youth building now, utilizing the classrooms. So uh, if you have kids or youth, send them out to the youth building. Um, keep that in mind. We would love to have you. If you've got neighbors, um, invite your neighbors. Invite your neighbor's kids. Just don't pick up your neighbor's kids and bring them without asking. That wouldn't work out real well. Um, uh, I had talked. They were hoping they could have a work day this week, uh, but uh, it looks like it's going to rain on Thursday, so there's going to be no work day this week. Jerry, did you point at me, Jerry? Oh, okay. Jerry was pointing. I thought he was pointing at me. Uh, all right. Um, the rest of you, there's not a whole lot of announcements. Everything that you need to know is right here in your bulletin. Um, I do believe Miss Sandra has something to share with us this morning. But after that, I just invite you to just turn our hearts and focus on God this morning. We have been talking about our um, Annie Armstrong Easter offering for the past few weeks. I uh, would like to let you know that our goal is $2,000. But as of last Sunday and I'm assuming that still means today, we have reached $1,018. Now, as you know, this offering supports the North American missionaries right here in the good old USA. So you may ask, why do we need missionaries in America? Aren't we a Christian nation? Well, the truth is, yes, America is a Christian nation that's in trouble. The U.S. has lost its spiritual fire. We're no longer known as the city on a hill or we're no longer known as a beacon of light. Yes, here in America we probably have more churches and especially in our area than any other country. But we have less people going to church now per ratio of the number of people per churches we have less people in the churches than ever recorded in american history so yes missionaries are needed right here in north america and especially in america 100 percent of your gifts support thousands of missionaries it's hard to believe that we have that many missionaries here in america but we do so 100 percent of your donation goes to support them so we will continue giving through next sunday is that correct joy okay so if we don't have our goal met by next sunday we'll probably ex extend it one more sunday but we want to thank all those who have already given those who are giving today and those who plan to give. And we ask that God will bless your offering and that uh, just ask God to bless you 
for supporting this cause of spreading the gospel. There are envelopes in the back of the pews, and if you don't see one, just check with um, me or Joy, and we'll get you an envelope. Or, uh, and if you want to, our uh, offering box is just right outside these doors, and you can just drop it in there. Thank you. I don't disagree with Sandra very often, but I will have to disagree with this. America is a country that was founded on Christian principles, but we can no longer call ourselves a Christian nation because of what she just said. We have strayed away from it. We have been too worried about offending people and pastors and churches have gone the way of being socially acceptable instead of preaching the truth. And now we are reaping those consequences. So yes, our country is in dire need of pastors and churches that will stand on the word of God regardless of the cost, regardless of what opposition may be faced, and share the gospel in love. You see, even here within Cleveland County, not far from our church, has been identified a area that is called a pocket of lostness. And what that means that with the people with living within that area have never claimed to have any affiliation with any church or even claim to believe in Christ. In fact, we had a young lady that came to our church a few years ago, came as a guest, a visitor. She was spending the night with one of her friends, and they were coming to church. And she had never been inside of a church before, ever. And she was born and raised here in Cleveland County. And she asked on the way, she said, this guy, you keep talking about Jesus. She says, will I get to meet him? And she eventually became a Christian and accepted that Christ as her Savior during VBS here at Crestview. So this money that we're giving through Annie Armstrong, 100% of it, goes for mission work here in the United States and Canada, North America. Because we have people within the shadow of our clock tower that don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. We not only need to give our money to help with the spread of the gospel, but we need to get out there and actually work at making more disciples in our area. So yes, pray about what God wants you to do. Pray about giving. But more than anything, be Christ's ambassador. Share the gospel with everyone that you come in contact with.
you will not regret it. And now, as we begin our time together, begin our worship service on this Palm Sunday, this is the day that represents the time that Christ entered into Jerusalem on the back of that little donkey. And people cried out, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We are here today to worship Jesus. So join me as we pray to start our time together. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you worshiping you. We shout in one accord, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Dear Lord, this week is Passion Week. It is when we truly see the love that you have for us. It is the week that you lay down your life and endure so much for us. But when you were laid in that tomb, dear Lord, next week, we celebrate the fact that you did not stay there. That you arose to give us newness of life. And we praise you for that. And dear Lord, as we have gathered here today, may your name be praised as we sing and worship you, as we listen to Chad bring the children's message, and as I speak, dear Lord, speak through me, speak through Chad, speak through Sandra and the choir. Dear Lord, we ask that you have your way with us today. And that when we leave this place today, that we will know that we have been in the house of God. That we have been in your presence. May your glory shine on our faces as we go about the rest of the day. And above all, dear Lord, may the gospel be proclaimed. And may lives and souls be changed. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. The Bible tells us that when Jesus was seen on the throne of God, that his countenance was as the sun. So let us stand as we sing praises to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fairest Lord Jesus. Hymn number 176.
Can I have the kids come forward this morning? We have a couple out of town this week, but we still have a few coming. Yeah, hey, Thomas. Have a seat, buddy. Why so grumpy looking at me, Peyton? All right, guys, I'm glad to have you guys here today. Um, I want to ask you guys a question. Who likes parades? Like parades? I like parades. What's your favorite part of a parade? Anybody? I want to tell you that I didn't, I'm not going to go to a parade if they're not throwing candy out. I, if they're not throwing candy out, there's no reason for me to go to that parade. Because I like candy. I mean, the floats are good. If there's somebody in, if somebody in it I know, like if Kira was like, marching down through there, yeah, I'd go to the parade. But if, other than that, if they're not throwing candy out, I'm not going to go. But did you know there was a, like, a sort of like a parade in the Bible? Did you guys know that? There is, yeah. There's sort of like a parade in the Bible. And we're celebrating that today. Today is the Sunday before Easter, and we celebrate that. And we call that Palm Sunday. Or you can call it the triumphant entry of Jesus coming back into Jerusalem. Um, so on this, so on Palm Sunday, Jesus told his disciples to go out in front of them and grab a um, grab a donkey that they were going to find um, tied up. When they got there, they found this donkey tied up just the way that Jesus told them it was going to be there. So they brought it back, and they put their clothes on the back, on the back of that donkey, and Jesus, they put Jesus up on top of that donkey, and they started heading back into Jerusalem. As they started heading back into Jerusalem, People were lined up across the street. They saw Jesus. They had heard that Jesus was coming back in. And they lined up to see Jesus coming in. Isn't that exciting? If Jesus was coming to town, would you go line up? Yeah. I would. And so Mr. Artie was talking about that. Unfortunately, probably over half the people that live in our community, if, if somebody said Jesus was coming back into town, over half the people in our county would probably say, I don't have time for that. We have a ball game to go to, or we're uh, we're busy. We're we're doing something this afternoon. We don't have time. We don't even know what's so special about this. But these people were so excited to see Jesus coming back into town. Well, his disciples were excited about it too. But Jesus knew something they didn't know. Jesus knew that in just the turn of a few days that this excitement that they had for Jesus coming into town would turn into anger and contempt and they were going to be getting ready the same people who were who would be screaming and and, and cheering for Jesus if he come into town would be chanting crucify him just a week later isn't that crazy to think about that <coughs> sorry I don't have much voice today but as we go out to Children's Church today, we're going to sit over there for a few minutes. <coughs> we're going to sit over there for just a few minutes, and we're going to go out. And we're going to dig into this a little bit more. And we're going to talk about 
how exciting it would be if Jesus were coming into town. So as we, but as we celebrate Palm Sunday today, <coughs> keep in mind that this next week we're going to be celebrating the death and resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, so let's go sit down over here, <coughs> and I'm going to pray, and we're going to sit down. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for each one of these boys and girls. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate Jesus. The the what we would celebrate Jesus coming into to Jerusalem, and just a few days later, Lord, it turned into what seemed to be a sad story. But just <coughs> a couple days after that, it turned into the greatest story of all time. All we ask in your name, Lord. Amen.
Thank you, choir, for that. Tell you what, if you weren't tapping your foot to that, that something was wrong. That was awesome. Well, can I give you guys a little history lesson today? You see, the reason that Jesus went into Jerusalem was twofold. One, he went in because he knew he was going to have to face the cross. But the second reason, the cultural reason, was because he was going in with his disciples to celebrate Passover, the start of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so Jesus, the night of His arrest and trial, He celebrated the beginning of the Feast of Unleavened Bread with the Feast of Passover there in the upper room. Well, this year, it always doesn't happen. But this year, the, the Jewish calendar and the Gregorian calendar, which is the one that we follow and the majority of the world follow, line up together in such a way that Passover actually begins on Good Friday. And so it has a special meaning for us this year. And, and so we are going to talk about the Passover lamb. And if you would turn in your Bible for our jumping off point, our key scripture for today, John 1, 29. And see, Jesus had gone outside of Bethany where John the Baptist was, was baptizing people in the Jordan River. And he looked and saw Jesus coming. And if you would stand as I read this one verse, John chapter 1, verse 29, of the exclamation that John the Baptist makes about Jesus. He said, The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Blessed Heavenly Father, we come before You once again. Dear Lord, thank You for what we is recorded here about the claim that John made about Jesus. Thank You for Your Word. And dear Lord, bless the reading of Your Word today. And may Your name be glorified. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You see, Passover is a memorial celebration of God's deliverance from death and slavery while the children of Israel were in Egypt. See, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 14, God says to, Mo to Moses, He says, Now this day will be a memorial to you 
and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. See, what had happened was that the children of Israel were slaves there in Egypt. And they were being abused. And they were being persecuted. And God called Moses to lead his people out of slavery. But the problem is, is every time Moses went to go tell Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. Pharaoh would say, no. So God started sending plagues. And each plague attacked one of the gods that Egypt worshipped and undermined and showed the world that God Almighty was the greatest God, the only true God. And so each one of these plagues attacked part of the, the Egyptian way of worship. But every time Pharaoh would say no, he'd say, okay, we'll let him go, then he'd change his mind. So finally, we get to this last plague, and it is the one that finally broke the back of Pharaoh and, told, and he let the people go. But then again, he changed his mind and went after him, didn't he? And we know that whole story about how Pharaoh's army was drowned and the children of Israel walked across on dry land. But God said, I'm going to send the destroyer on this night. And every firstborn child and animal will, will be put to death. Unless, when I pass over, I see the blood on the doorposts. The blood of the Passover lamb. So, that, so this is a memorial that's, going to, that's to be celebrated every year, reminding the children of Israel that they were passed over by judgment. They did not face the judgment of death. And that their sins had been covered by the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. And they were to celebrate this every year. But see, the key ingredient of the Passover feast that they were to celebrate was the Passover Lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 3, he says, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, according to their father's household. A lamb for each household. They had to select a lamb. Five days before it was to be put to death. Five days they had to care for that lamb in their homes. Now here's something I got to tell you. When you bring a baby animal into your house just for a few hours, what does everybody do? If you guys are like my kids, they're like, ooh, it's so soft, oh, and they just want to hold it. 
but you've got it for a week, so what are you having to do with this baby animal? You have to feed it. You have to care for it. You have to provide for it. What happens in our hearts when we do that? We become attached, don't we? Listen, people think I'm terrible because we bottle feed animals all the time and then they end up in the freezer. They say, how could you do that? Easy, with a fork. But listen, you still become attached. You still become attached, especially when you name them. How many little Jewish kids do you think named their, their lamb that their, their parents, their dad brought into the house? Probably a lot of them. But they knew what was going on. They knew what was going to happen, but it still did not keep them from getting attached over that week, those five days of caring for that lamb. And see, it just couldn't be any lamb. You just couldn't go out and pick one and just grab one that was going to die anyway. You couldn't do that. The lamb was to be perfect, and it had to be a one-year-old male. So it was very specific which lambs were, were allowed to be taken. Exodus chapter 12, verse 5 says, Your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. An unblemished one-year-old man, male. Lamb. You know, we have traded in goats and things like that and, and taken to goat shows. If you ever find a perfect specimen and this one-year-old is prime, that's valuable. You're talking about something that is worth a lot of money. Even so here. This costs them something. Offering this perfect lamb was not just something that they just went out to the field and grabbed. It was something they had to search for. It was something that when they found was valuable. And it would have been worth a lot. But this is what God asked for. And then the lamb was to be slain at twilight. The entire camp, all the children of Israel did this all at the same time. As they would take their lambs out and they would slaughter their lambs at twilight. And its blood was applied to both sides and the top of the door frame. You guys realize, just picture this. You got blood on this side of the door frame. You got blood on this side of the door frame. And blood up here on the door frame. What does that make? A cross. Was that by accident? No. God doesn't do accidents. Exodus 12, verse 6 and 7. You shall keep it until the 14th day of the, the same month, then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorstops or doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. And then that same night, they are to roast that lamb with fire. 
They are to roast it, they are to eat it, and then they are to dispose of any leftovers all in the same night. Exodus 12, 8-10 They shall eat the flesh in the same night, roasted with fire, and they shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled at all with water, but rather roasted with fire, both its head and its legs, along with its entrails. And you shall not leave any of it over until the morning, but whatever is left of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. It was all done in one night. They killed it, cooked it, ate it, and then disposed of it. All within one night. But the blood of the Passover lamb was assigned to God and the house would be passed over by death. Exodus 12, 12-13 For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. See, that blood was assigned to God. You see, from the time of Adam and Eve to the time of Jesus, there had to be a shedding of blood to cover sin. You remember when God went into the garden and Adam and Eve were hiding from Him because they had ate of the fruit and they realized that they were naked and they took fig leaves and sewed them together to cover themselves. And God knew where they were. Because he's God. And they said, we hid from you because we were naked. And he said, who told you you were naked? And he said that we ate of the tree. What did God do at that point? You guys remember? He killed an animal and took its skins and made clothes for them and covered them. And from that point on, there had to be a shedding of blood, a sacrifice to cover our sins. Throughout history, all the way up to Jesus. You can see, because Jesus and his disciples, they had the Passover lamb. They prepared the Passover lamb. Just like everyone before them have done. And just like so many Jewish people across the world will be doing this Friday. Sharing the Passover feast. Jesus did it with His disciples. But here's what we have to realize too. Is that Easter is a celebration of deliverance from death and slavery to sin. Just like Passover being a memorial. Easter is a memorial also. It's a celebration of deliverance from death and slavery to sin. And the key ingredient to celebrating Easter is Jesus, our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says this, Clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, has been, also has been sacrificed. 
Remember how we started. That Jesus was the Lamb of God. Look at it again. John 1.29 The next day he, said, he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus came for one purpose. He came to be our sacrifice, to cover our sin. That's why He came. And He is our Passover Lamb. You see, Jesus, just like the Passover Lamb, Jesus was perfect and unblemished. 1 Peter 1, 19 says, but with precious blood, as a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ. Not only before death was he unblemished and perfect and spotless, but God gave specific instructions that when they were killing the Passover lamb to prepare it for the feast, that they were to take care not to break any of its bones. And you remember that as Jesus hung on the cross and they went to the two thieves and they were still alive, what did they do to hasten their death? To bring more agony to them? What did they do? They took a club and broke both legs of those thieves hanging on the cross. And they went to Jesus to do the same. And as they went to Him, they discovered that He has, was already dead. So instead of breaking His legs, they took a spear and jabbed it up underneath His rib cage, up into His chest cavity, and pierced His lungs and heart. No bones were broken as the lamb was being slain. Jesus was crucified as our sacrifice, buried and rose again during the celebration of Passover. See, Passover lasted for a week. He celebrated Passover with His disciples, went to the garden and prayed, and while He was at the garden praying, what happened? He was betrayed. He was arrested. Over the night hours, which was illegal, they had a mock trial to try him. And they had to hurry because what was coming? The Sabbath. They had to get him down off the cross before the Sabbath day. And so he died. All of this took, 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 happened within just a span of hours, not days. And he was buried. He was crucified, buried, and rose again before Passover was over. And people miss the fact. You know, I don't like the chosen lifestyle of Ray Bolts right now. But he did have a song 
saying, watch the Lamb. And it said in that song that man and his two children were going to Jerusalem to celebrate Passover, but as they got in there, they realized something was going on, and the reason his kids were there was to watch the Lamb. And they kept saying, Daddy, Daddy, what do we see here? We don't understand. And he kept saying to them, Dear children, watch the Lamb. His own disciples didn't understand. As I said last week, it was hidden from them exactly what was happening. And this week, they start realizing what is going on. And they are heartbroken. And they don't realize that they are watching the Lamb do exactly what He was born to do. And that is to lay His life down for us. See, in Mark... 14.12 On the first day of unleavened bread when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare you to eat or prepare you to eat the Passover? They didn't understand. And I can imagine what's going through Jesus' mind. Well, we know because it says that as he was in the garden after they ate Passover, he was sweating and agonizing and, and, and the, the, the capillaries in his skin burst and he was sweating great drops of blood. And he says, may this cup depart from me. Is there any other way that we can do this without me having to do what you're asking me to do? But he does, oh, thank goodness he doesn't leave it there. He says, but not my will, but thy will be done. It may not be what I want to do. And I am not looking forward to it. But I am going to do it regardless of the cost or the pain that I suffer. And he laid down himself. And you realize that all during his trial, all during the beatings, all while they are nailing him to the, to the cross, he could have called out, and God the Father would have sent an army of angels to surround him and protect him and allow him to get away without suffering any more pain. He could have done that. But he did not do it. He laid there. And I can imagine that they're nailing those thieves to the cross and they have to tie ropes around their arms and pull their arms down and hold them there so they can nail not in the palm of the hand, but down here in the wrist. And if you take your finger and you push against right there, you feel it all through your hand. And the agony of having that nail pierce through the center of those nerves. But they had to do it there so it would bear the weight. And as they laid Jesus down on that cross, I can just imagine him. He just took his hands and he just laid them out. And he accepted what was laid there before him. And see, the blood of Jesus, our Passover lamb, is a sign to God and we will be passed over by eternal death. 
Hebrews 9.12, And not through the blood of goats and calves, but through His own blood He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. And then verse 14 of that same chapter in Hebrews, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? See, it is through His blood that we are cleansed. It is the the blood that covers us so that when God passes over us and looks at us, He doesn't see our sin, but He sees the precious blood of the Passover Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. Do you guys realize that? When He looks at us, He doesn't see us, but He sees the sacrifice that Christ made for us. We are covered. We sing a song, Power in the Blood. There is so soul-cleansing power in the blood. Church, that is absolutely the truth. And Jesus, our Passover lamb, shed His blood that we may be passed over for judgment, that we are set free from slavery to sin, and that we're able to call ourselves children of God. Now, here's one thing that we need to remind you, is that as the first Passover was to be held in remembrance as an annual feast we as Christians are to memorialize Jesus' death and communion until He returns. 1 Corinthians 11.26 says this, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes. Jesus Himself says as He is giving the Passover meal to His disciples, in the upper room before His arrest and crucifixion, tells them, this do in remembrance of Me. And He says, this is My body that is broken for you with the bread. And then He takes the the cup and He says, this is My blood that is spilt for you. See, communion, the Lord's Supper as we call it, is a memorial to the sacrifice of our Passover lamb. But you know what? Salvation is not just about His death. Salvation is made complete when on that Easter Sunday morning, the third day, when the women came to the tomb and found it empty. Our salvation, our ability to trust Christ, to defeat death for us. It's cemented on that day because of His resurrection. And next week, Resurrection Sunday, 
Easter Sunday morning, we get to gather together as a body of believers and we get to celebrate the fact that, that on Friday our Lord and Savior was crucified. But on that Sunday morning, He was not there because He had arose. And we get to celebrate that next week. But we're going to memorialize next week the fact that our Passover lamb was sacrificed by taking communion as a body. But I'm asking you, please, don't forget what we are celebrating. Don't forget to tell your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren what Easter means. What it means to us. It is not just a time to, to hide eggs. It is not just a time to eat candy. It is not just a time to get together with family. But it is to celebrate our source of salvation. It is a time to get together and celebrate our Passover lamb. And it is not by accident that this year, Jewish Passover and Good Friday land on the same day. Because now more than ever, we need to realize that it's because of the blood of the Passover lamb that we are passed over, that we are given freedom from slavery, and that we're given freedom from death. Now church, as we sing this song, as we close our service, This is your opportunity to do whatever God's telling you to do. If you have never met the Passover lamb and you want to have the life-changing experience of, being, of, of coming to know Him, this is your opportunity. I would love to tell you how to do that. If there is something that you need to lay at the altar and have God take over, this is your opportunity to come and do that. If you are looking for a church home and you, you, you feel this is where God is telling you to join, take care of that. Come forward. Let me know that this is where you feel God wants you to join and be part of this family of worship. But this is your opportunity to take care of that today. As we sing this invitation hymn, do what God is calling you to do. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, 141, The Old Rugged Cross, 141. <laughs>
thank you for being here with us today. Don't forget, Bible study Wednesday night, 6.30, here in the, in the sanctuary. We're going over Acts, going through the book of Acts. We're in chapter 16. And then uh, down in the building, youth and children will be meeting for their Bible studies and lessons. So 6.30 Wednesday night. And then next week, it is a change of schedule. Please pay attention to what I'm saying. 7.30 a.m., weather permitting, we will be outside. We're having a full worship service at 7.30 a.m. Please be here. If you show up at 8.30, you're going to miss it all. Okay? 7.30, we're going to have our sunrise service outside. We will be having communion that day. If you are a born-again, bought-in-the-blood believer of Jesus Christ, you are welcome to join us in, in, in communion that Sunday morning. At 8.30, we will be getting together and having a fellowship breakfast. This is a potluck breakfast. That means that if you're able, bring something to share. If you, you're not able to do so, don't worry about it. Still come and join us for breakfast. And then at 9.30, we're having Sunday school. For all of you that want to meet together for Sunday school, we'll be having Sunday school at 9.30. And then we're going to be done for the day. We're having that one worship service as a full-fledged worship service at our 7.30 sunrise service. So we ask you to be with us next week as we celebrate the fact that Jesus did not stay dead. But he is alive and well, and he is sitting at the right throne of the, at the right hand of the Father, making intercessions for us. He did not stay dead, people. And that's what makes Jesus worth worshiping. He is not like Muhammad. He's not like Buddha. They're still in the grave. But Jesus is alive and well. And he is still changing lives. And we get to celebrate that next week. So please join us. And I'm going to ask Jim Humphreys as our deacon of the week if he would dismiss us in prayer. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the words we've heard this morning. Thank you for filling us with your spirit, for spiritually feeding us. But thank you most of all, Lord, for sending your son Jesus to pay that awful price to save us from our sins. Because we couldn't do it ourselves. You loved us. And you sent your son to pay that awful price. Thank you, Lord. As, as we depart from here and go through our week, give us chances. Give us opportunities to share what Jesus has done for us with those around us. To, to try to reach anybody who's willing to listen with the gospel. And bring us back next week as we celebrate the wonderful resurrection of Christ. For it's in thy holy name we pray. Amen.